with the things mm-hmm. we were removing, especially for the non-food inflamers, mm-hmm. if it wasn't just about stop doing all of these things, stop doing all these things, stop doing, it's really about, okay, what could we do instead? So for everything we're removing, whether that's a food or a non-food thing, we're replacing it with something positive. So mm-hmm. people have a game plan on, oh, okay, this is something you can start doing. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutritionist, and I'm the host on this podcast. And I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself. And on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, where we really look at food as biological information. The lifestyle that we live literally programs our DNA and how to function. And so I've got a great interview today. We're going to talk about all things inflammation including The Inflammation Spectrum, which is a fantastic new book that's out there written by the author here, Dr. Will Cole. And Dr. Will, I've known for a while. He is a fantastic functional medicine doctor. He wrote another great book called Ketotarian, which is all about a plant-based ketogenic diet. And uh, he helps people all around the world in his clinic, works uh, virtually with people. Um, Also, he's part of a, a couple of podcasts out there. Um, if you've listened to any of my work, listened to some of the summits, I've interviewed him in the past, and uh, he's all over the place, so uh, so not hard to find, drwillcole.com. So Dr. Will, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, my friend. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was excited to have you on because I know you sent me an advanced copy of your book, and uh, you know I started reading this, and of course, I know a lot about inflammation, but just the way that you organized it and put this together. And it's such an important topic. And so huge fan of your book. Uh, for those of you guys that might be watching on video, you can see it there, The Inflammation Spectrum. Great book. Would highly recommend going out and getting it. And so what was your inspiration behind getting started on a book like this? It really is my patience. I mean, like you had said in, at the beginning of the, the show, that, that my day job is consulting patients online. And that's really where my heart is and my passion is. And I'm really immersed in these cases that are complicated and complex. And just there's so many variables to consider. So it really was them. It was kind of seeing the commonality of inflammation and how it's, how it's impacting so much of our world today. And it's various nefarious, you know, forms, whether that's autoimmune conditions with which most of my patients have some yeah. sort of autoimmunity, uh, or there's somewhere on this larger autoimmune inflammation spectrum that I talk about in the book where they're not necessarily full-blown diagnosable. They're given an ICD-10 code. They're told they have something, but it looks autoimmune. They have positive autoimmune markers. They have a family history of autoimmunity, but they don't necessarily have answers as to why they feel the way that they do. So there's this, these autoimmune components to their cases. So it really was them. And, and I wanted people to be educated on this, the fact that inflammation is the commonality between not just autoimmune conditions, but diabetes, heart disease, you know, digestive problems, fibromyalgia too, even mental health issues and looking at the cytokine model of cognitive function of how inflammation is impacting mental health. And we like to separate mental health from physical health in 
our sort of thinking in Western thought, but the reality is mental health is physical health and looking out inflammation is connected in the scientific literature to mental health issues as well. So it's, it's really was just be, me being immersed in these cases and uh, wanting to share that with people. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And let's talk about what inflammation really is, right? So why does our body actually produce inflammation? What's the purpose of it? So it's a part of our immune system, as we know, right? I mean, it's a, it's not inherently bad. God created it. It's a, it fights viruses and bacteria. It's needed for human health and human existence. There's nothing inherently yeah. wrong with it. It's like anything in the body. It's subject to the Goldilocks principle, not too high, not too low, but just right. It's homeostasis. And the problem is when inflammation is thrown out of balance, this chronic inflammation, it's this forest fire that's burning in perpetuity, that's the issue. It's, it's going to ravage every system of the body potentially. Uh, so that's why uh, inflammation out of balance is the issue. It's not an inflammation yeah. in and of itself inherently. Uh, and uh, a lot of our world today and what research is pointing to is really awakening that or perpetuating that chronic inflammation. So it's the foods we're eating or the foods we're not eating, our stress levels, exposure to toxins, our sleep or lack of it, uh, it's social connections and just our headspace and like network of people and what we, uh, the quality of our, our social health. All of these things are, are constantly and dynamically either bringing inflammation up or bringing inflammation levels down. So in the book, we're talking about food, right? But it's more than food. We're looking at all these non-food inflammers as well. Uh, like even screen time and social media addiction yeah. and technology and the impact that's having on uh, inflammation in many ways from a, either a blue light or EMF standpoint, or it's just the FOMO inducing content and the stress of constantly mm. being stimulated in that way too. So it's uh, definitely something where I wanted people to realize that the things we do in our life, either feeding inflammation or fighting it, and that's yeah. food and other non-food things as well. Yeah, for sure. And let's, let's talk about food and how food can help obviously reduce inflammation, but also cause inflammation. I always tell people the act of eating is inherently inflammatory, but some things are going to obviously provoke it a little bit more than others. Um, but, uh, but yeah, let's go into that. Yeah. So there are what I call in the book core four, and those are the foods that are the most likely to cause inflammation in most people. And we know seeing patients, people, uh, everybody's different. Everybody has different tolerance to, tolerances to these things. And you're going to, I'm going to list off these four things. And there are some people that tolerate them fine. It doesn't mean they're a health food for any people, yeah. but there's some people where you can't measure the inflammation, their quality of life's fine. They're basically, their body's able to handle it. So the analogy that I like to use, and it's used across the space of functional medicine, it's, it's sort of this bucket analogy. Some people have small buckets, some people have big buckets. Mm -hmm. That's our genetic tolerance to stressors like foods and to stress and toxins and things like that. We can't change our bucket size, right? That's our genetic tolerance, but we can change what we put in our bucket. So a lot of my patients just are born with smaller buckets. They are the people that are eating really clean compared to the most Americans, but they're still struggling. But then there's a big, a big uh, bucket people that, uh, that do fine with having these foods in moderation. That's not a problem. So anyways, core four, I, I, I list as grains, added sugar, high omega-6 oils, and dairy. And we have a nuanced conversation in the book about the different types of dairy and the different types of grains. And they're definitely not, I'm not making blanket statements in the book or in my patients, but 
it's that sort of four foods that need to be looked at as far as what could be driving inflammation levels up. Uh, and then there's a more advanced track for people that scored higher on the quiz in the book. So there's a quiz that I start the book out with a quiz to, um, that, and the quiz is adapted from questions that I ask patients. So I wanted people to find out on their own through the book where they fall on the inflammation spectrum. Where is inflammation at in totality, according to the quiz? And then what areas on the inflammation spectrum? Uh, and there's seven main sections. And then there's the eighth section, which is the interconnectedness of the seven or yeah. polyinflammation. Uh, that which, which area is being impacted the most for them. So their quiz result in the book will show them that. Um, and then from there, they will determine what track they're going to take. So the core four is for people that scored lower on the quiz and then eliminate is the uh, more advanced track. So it's the core mm. four plus four more foods or eight. Uh, and that's adding in nightshades, peppers, tomatoes, eggplants, goji berries, white potatoes, nuts and seeds, legumes, and eggs. Yeah. Again, those foods, <laughs> there's, they're all whole foods. There's no, all real foods from the earth, nothing inherently wrong. But we know that everybody's different. And some people have these smaller buckets and they are having reactions to these, to these foods. And it's not always these foods' fault. Sometimes it's the amount of other stressors that's going on in the body that these foods are just irritating an already irritated system, uh, which is oftentimes the case. But anyways, we're having the conversation and I want people yeah. to find out what their body loves and beyond one, one size fits all. And this is really the heart of my work. The heart of what we do in functional medicine is, is really find out what your body loves. It's bio-individuality because yeah. all of those eight foods that I mentioned, many people will do fine with some and not with mm -hmm. others. And through reading the book, you may find out you do good with four, but not with the other four. It's, yeah. We're all different. And I want people to find that out for themselves. Yeah, I think that's really great. I mean, you look at, for example, eggs, which are, are one of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet. But unfortunately, some people have immune reactivity. And uh, more people than you, know, than you would think, actually, uh, have immune reactivity to it. And so let's talk about how an elimination diet works with that sort of immune reactivity. And really, what's, what's the difference between food allergies too and food sensitivities, right? Because some people will think, well, I'm not allergic to it. So, yeah. so how does somebody know if they have a food sensitivity? So food, and I, I, there's a sidebar in the book to, to differentiate that for that very reason. You're right. Those yeah. are just very much like flippantly used interchangeably, but the reality is they are different and, and slightly semantics. There's some food reactivities. So that's the big umbrella term, food reactivities. Mm -hmm. But allergies, sensitivities, and intolerances, we talk about the differences of those. And allergies and sensitivities are immune mediated. The immune system is being activated in some way. The pathway is different. How it how it shows up in people's body is oftentimes different. Uh, sensitivities tend to be more low grade, more inflammatory, uh, a de delayed reaction, inflammatory response, whereas allergies are more of that immediate response. And then obviously there's extreme allergies and less extreme allergies too. Uh, but then there's this intolerances that sometimes is used interchangeably with sensitivities as well. But intolerance is it, technically speaking, is not immune-mediated, like a lactose intolerance to missing lactase. So there's some sort yeah. of enzyme deficiency where it's technically not immune-mediated. Um, so 
how, and I see this a lot too, and you probably see, have seen the same where people will have a food sensitivity test done maybe from another doctor mm -hmm. and then they'll bring it to us and then they'll say, well, I'm allergic, you know, and they're using that right. word, I'm allergic and that's an allergy. And, and it's, I don't know if it's just maybe the doctor didn't explain it well enough, or maybe it, it, it's a lot of information. Sometimes when you take labs and so I'm not blaming the doctor, but for whatever reason, the patient is taking it as like this gospel truth where it's like they can't have this food because it's an allergy. But I think it's important to understand what that actually meant, what that lab meant, because a lot of these food sensitivity testing or food reactivity testing, it's less to do with the food and more to do with the intestinal permeability or leaky gut syndrome. So hanging your hat on that one snapshot in time when you got that lab two years ago or five months ago uh, and avoiding that food isn't really necessarily dealing with the root cause of why you had the problem in the first place, which I would say work on healing the gut and calming that, uh, increasing that intestinal integrity again, because my assumption would be if you went back to that lab the next week, you probably would see different foods being positive on that test. So determining your whole food uh, list off of one lab is not necessarily the best move to make. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but that's uh, what I've seen over the years. And then, but there are allergies too that need to be looked mm -hmm. at and, uh, and understood for what they are and put into context. But an elimination diet is a gold standard uh, in functional medicine and clinical nutrition to determine food sensitivities and allergies for people too. So it's a matter of of really going off the foods that are that research points to being the most likely to be more most problematic in most people, and then slowly reintroducing them. But many people do the elimination part, uh, but it's not necessarily well formulated, and then the reintroduction is like completely disorganized and they don't even get any information on what works for their body and what doesn't. So I was really intentional in the inflammation spectrum to show people how to do reintroduction properly so they can, again, find out what their body loves and find out what their body doesn't love. So they can know, okay, look, I, when I have that food, whatever food that is, I don't feel as good. Um, so it's just giving people agency over their wellness to have discernment and clarity to transition them from a program or a diet they've just done to this is my life, this is my body, this is how I feel great with doing. So it's it's not about being punitive or being obsessive about food. It's really about, well, I, I love feeling better more than I miss that food. That's not making me feel good. Uh, so that's really uh, what the... Uh, the, the, the path that I'm teaching people on in the book. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And typically like with a food allergy, you're gonna notice it pretty immediate. So you eat something, your lips swells, your heart races, you know, you have an immediate reaction, whereas food sensitivity is, is delayed. You might just have some fatigue, uh, you know, have to clear your throat a little bit, you might have some gastrointestinal issues, you know, bloating, things like that, maybe some eczema, but you don't really, it's hard to pinpoint, right? And that's where the idea yeah. of really taking the food out, eliminating the food, and then appropriately reintroducing it and kind of seeing if those symptoms come back or, you know, if you feel worse when you, when you eat that food. I think that's why that's so important. And, yeah. um, and so a lot of people will ask about how long they should be on a food elimination diet. What are your thoughts on that? So I, what I recommended in the book is for the core four people, the people that scored lower on that quiz, they are having issues, but maybe not having extreme issues, but they know they need to make some intervention in their life. I recommended to do it four weeks. So I made it quite simple with just core four, four foods, removing four foods for four weeks. Yeah. And that's not just 
made up just from a literary standpoint because it sounded good. It just it is legitimately has science to back mm-hmm. it up, and I have clinical. There's a lot of evidence to show that four weeks is a good bio, a good window of time to make some changes and do a proper reintroduction. But I also know that people that scored higher on the quiz are they're going to need longer than four weeks. Yeah. So that's why for the eliminate, it's eight foods for eight weeks, and then we do reintroduction. And that's something that I translate to when I consult patients over the years too. And I mentioned in the book too that eight weeks is a longer period of time. It is appropriate for people that scored higher, but even eight weeks sometimes isn't long enough for some people yeah. to do reintroduction. Mm-hmm. So this is not something where eight weeks is the upper limit. Eight weeks is a yeah. good benchmark of time, but you may want to go a little bit longer to calm things down because what has taken years to get these inflammatory derangements and these oh, these reactivities to be out, out, so out of balance, it sometimes it takes longer than eight weeks to start to undo that. Yeah, for sure. It's not really a cookie cutter approach. You're given yeah. kind of a, a good starting place. Now, I think that's what we all right. need is that starting place. And then we kind of figure it out from there. Um, now, I know you also in the book, you go through different areas and you talk about toolboxes. I'm looking, I got the book open. You got a digestion toolbox, right? Because people are impacted by inflammation based on their genes. More specifically in certain areas, they're going to have more symptoms than other areas, right? Brain, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got brain nervous system here. So let's talk about the different systems and maybe, you know, a couple of the items, obviously you guys can get the book if you want the full toolbox for each, each system, but um, talk about a few things that can help uh, for each of those systems as well. Sure. So the toolboxes that you're referencing, they are after the quiz. So people take the quiz, they go through the seven main sections. Mm-hmm. And the way that I saw it and the way I drew it up in the book was is that there's seven main sections on the inflammation spectrum. There's the gut, there's brain, there's the hormonal, like the brain hormonal axis, there's the blood sugar regulatory system, there's the musculoskeletal system, there's the... Uh, detoxification system. And then we saw autoimmunity as its own entity when the immune system turns against itself, against the body. That's the seventh section. And then the eighth is polyinflammation, where inflammation in one area can beget inflammation Mm. in the other area. So the toolboxes are based on what areas on the inflammation spectrum did the person score highest in. So if they scored higher in the brain, we brought things like nootropics in or adaptogens or foods to focus on, like help different healthy fats to help with brain function. Or yeah. if it's the gut, we recommended cooking your vegetables, not having them raw, some herbs to help with digestive health. Um, things like probiotics obviously are listed there too. So these are all like different foods and natural medicine supplements to focus on based on that specific Mm. goal. So the reason for the toolbox was just to further personalize a person's experience. Not everybody's going to need all the supplements, right? So if you're targeting your specific issue, then it's allowing for a more impactful experience Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a little bit more nuanced. So in short of me consulting them, realizing that that's the ultimate customization because I'm seeing them as the person that they are. But I tried to allow the book to be as tailored as I could be in book form. Uh, So hopefully the quiz can have that sort of choose your own adventure uh, for the reader. Yeah, I think that's helpful because obviously when you have a a client coming in, they score a certain, you know, they have a certain score on their, their intake forms you're starting to go down this route and you're thinking, okay, mm-hmm. you know, obviously core four, eliminate, eliminate, 
um, as far as the food elimination. And then, oh, you know, most of their inflammation is in the brain. So we should really look at, at these supplements, omega-3s, magnesium, different things like that. But then based on the, the unique you know, expression of that person, you'll, you'll also personalize and kind of take it to the next level. But you're kind of giving the best advice and how you would think through their case um, you know, as you went through this process. So I think that's really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's talk about, uh, some of the toxic habits. Cause you also go through that as well in the book. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I wanted this to be really much a part of the elimination process. And that's the other reason, or I say the other way that the inflammation spectrum, the book is different than other elimination diet approaches because we're not just looking at food. So we're looking at what I call the non-food inflamers in the book because I have seen it clinically over the years where people have the food down really well. Yeah. Uh, but it's these non-food things that are these unintentional, unknown saboteurs to their you know, hurdles to, to overcome. So we look at stress, we're looking at toxins, we're looking at sleep, we're looking at screen time and social connection, all these non-food things too that they are a little bit more, they are more insidious in, in some ways because it's a food is very blanket. Like we're going to go off of these foods based on the quiz score and you have a toolbox based on your quiz score. It's a little bit more black and white. The non-food inflamers, I realized that not everybody is going to have every single one of these non-food inflamers. So I wanted the reader to say, okay, these are the ones I want to be working on. I, I, I didn't realize the research around this. Now I know these things cause inflammation levels too. It's not just what I have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm. Now, which ones do I want to be working on? And you can't just drop negativity <laughs> in a day. Yeah. Yeah. You have, these are a lot more ingrained in someone's personality, in someone's life, in their habits. Uh, so I really wanted to just more than anything, raise awareness to these things mm. to start to move the needle in a positive direction. Uh, because some of them are not going to be solved overnight. They're going to be, but the person at least will be informed and aware and conscious of the fact that this is something they have to work on for their overall well-being. Because you'll, yeah. when you start to clean up these non-food inflamers, you, inflammation will be calmed as well. Yeah, absolutely. So important. I mean, everything that we think, eat, breathe, uh, drink—you know, everything that's um, you know coming in and out of us. Is, uh, is a factor when it comes to our health, right? It's like a big yeah, equation. Absolutely. So there's some pretty big levers, like the thoughts that we're thinking, you know, on a continual basis. Um, yeah. So you really address that well in the book. Thanks. Um, let's see, anything else? I know I went through, oh, you know, big thing I'm seeing here too is you also have certain mantras, right? Like particularly yeah. with each toolbox, right? Right, you yes. You have a mantra. So not just supplements, but also kind of something powerful somebody could say over themselves. I thought that was really good too. Thanks. Yeah. I, with the things we're removing, especially for the non-food inflamers, mm -hmm. if it wasn't just about stop doing all of these things, stop doing all these things, stop doing, it's really about, okay, what can we do instead? So for everything we're removing, whether that's a food or a non-food thing, we're replacing it with something positive. So mm -hmm. people have a game plan on, oh, okay, this is something you can start doing. So for the foods we give, there's delicious recipes and a meal plan and ideas for snacks and treats to be alternatives to the things they removed. That's the food thing. We got that yeah. taken care of. But the non-food things, it's whatever the goal is. So for the mantras specifically are in the toolbox, those different mantras, which are really just affirmations, or you can really make it into a prayer yeah. of things you're going to be working on over this time. Mm -hmm. And then the non-food inflamers also have 
do this instead. So if somebody is, you know, struggling, well, let's just say they're, they're struggling with stress, we bring in different mindful, mindfulness techniques or calming uh, practices, different yoga poses they could try. Or we talk about the research coming out of uh, Korea and Japan about as far as forest bathing and mm. how that has been shown to lower inflammation levels too. So there's so many uh, different tools in there that people can start to bring in as well uh, to calm inflammation. It's not just about all the things you can't do. There's tons of great stuff you can do to start to feel great. Yeah, powerful. I mean, this is this is the key because how many people go into their doctor and the doctor says, yeah, your labs are a mess, eat right and exercise, right? And they just kind of tell them that, you yeah. know, and don't really give them the actual action step. Like here's, here's actually what you need to do. Here's what you need to say over yourself. And we could easily say, well, you know, you're just under a lot of stress right now, or you're stressed out or you're, you're, you're being very negative without actually, you know, giving them the tools, right? To, or right. something powerful to say to help reprogram their minds, help deal with stress. And I think you do a good job of that in the book. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's cool to see people now on social media, like, cause it's one thing when I'm, I'm still used to consulting patients and to have somebody that you're not a part of doing, like they're just taking your words and going and doing it on their yeah. own, which is the point of a book. I'm just guess I'm still not used to it, but it's people, it's cool to see people using the hashtags and like seeing people tagging me on things mm -hmm. and like they're doing this stuff that I see, I know works but they're doing it on their own, which is really rewarding to see people take that information and, 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 you know, take control over their health on their own. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think this book is really timely. We have an inflammation epidemic right now. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, we have people are more stressed and, uh, you know, more reactive and negative and, you know, having more issues. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think yeah. we have more technology and, and obviously more access to healthy foods and, and uh, medical technology and all kinds of great things. But at the same time, yeah, there are so many things blocking people from, from being healthy and well. And so, yeah. uh, so I think your book does a good job of really giving people a good starting place and, um, and good action steps and toolbox, like, like the term that you use there, uh, for really regaining their health. So, um, so any last so words, uh, about the book and words of inspiration for our listeners here? You know, I know that we live in an age where, like you said, it's content on content and so much conflicting information out there to really hopefully, obviously, they, they have found a, a source of a direction and a north and, and a light in, in you and your voice and all the sound information you put out there. But I think that's the best advice that I could give people is to find out what works for their body, to fill yourself up with, with information that is rooted uh, in evidence and rooted in, in people having agency over their wellness because it is a disillusioning time for many people because we have this epidemic of chronic complicated autoimmune type problems and it's really in the conventional setting they're not really giving much direction they're just told yeah. it really there's nothing we can do for you or it looks maybe here's a steroid or immunosuppressant or antidepressant uh, for people because they're just labeled as depressed but the reality is there's so much you can do and um, hopefully people can start leaning in the information that you're putting out and the information that we're putting out, uh, to, to start feeling better and start getting help again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're getting our message out and we're changing lives. And this book is, uh, is, a, I think a powerful tool for anybody that's out there that's looking to improve your life and your health. So again, the inflammation so spectrum is the name of the book. Uh, Dr. Will Cole, drwillcole.com. So check him out. Go get the book. And uh, Dr. Will, again, thank you so much for your time. 
And for those of you guys that are out there, remember you're more valuable than you think and uh, your lifestyle matters, matters to you, it matters to the people around you. So so step up today and start taking the right action steps. And we'll see you on a, a future interview. Be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I wanna thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you wanna dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.